0: Everyone, welcome back to 50 Shades of Blue. On today's episode, Chase and I talk about why people should not move to Utah. Because apparently there was a recent statistic that came out that said Utah was the fastest growing state in the last decade. So, we think, you know what, it's probably our job to let people know exactly all the problems with Utah and that they shouldn't move here. And it may be tongue-in-cheek, it may not. I'll let you decide. And then from there, we kind of you know, naturally transition into talk about BYU football and an un, in a unfortunate photo that was released by the BYU athletic marketing team of a player who was wear, wearing some very revealing clothing, so to speak. It was a football uniform, and it wasn't well-protected, I guess, anyway. Um, and then we have a little Oscars talk. We just kind of get into that because the Oscars just took place on Sunday. Just kind of some interesting components that took place then. Um, I th- I'm planning on having another episode more about the Oscars later this week with a good friend of mine who's a professor at the University of Alabama, big into media, media consumption. That's what he teaches. Uh, as And specifically, he has a special place in his heart for movies and the Oscars and things like that. Anyway, uh, we'll get into that later this week. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I hope you all are having a great week.
1: Guys, home. Kimberford Dad has become a big time college basketball star at BYU. Yeah. That's one of my lyrics in the song. There couldn't be a, a prouder older brother than Carlino. You. A bounce to Haas. Haas posting up short corner right to the middle. Fades away. Got it! Yeah. The Gotta watch the three.
0: When you do what's right on and off the field, uh, I, I think the Lord steps in and, and uh, plays, a, you know, plays a part in that. Magic happens. Watch the Tell it three. All right, Chase, we are back at it again, and before we get to kind of the meat of what we wanted to talk about today, I wanted to ask you how your stay in Utah was this last week. Did you find the love of your life?
1: Uh, you know, I, I there was a couple times I thought maybe I did, but uh, at the end of the day, I, I'm still single, so I guess not. Mm. Well...
0: At the end of the day, you'll you'll die single. How about that?
1: Well, I'm 33 years old, and every year that starts to it starts to sound a little bit older.
0: Yeah. How was it being Still. back? Seriously, though.
1: What was that?
0: How was it being back?
1: Oh, it was. It was, It's nice. It's always nice to come back to Utah to kind of immerse myself back into the world again. I feel like my my life out here gets kind of hermit-like. So it's always nice to, to to remind myself what it's like to be a human and and have friends and stuff so yeah it, it was it was a good experience that was my last actually, that was my last visit before I officially moved back um
0: which you're summer. sure you are gonna move back
1: it, it's looking that way I mean I still haven't uh figured out the job quite yet, so you know that that could steer me in a different direction, but I'm pretty sure it'll be in Utah.
0: nice. Yeah, I was in your same boat about two years ago. I wasn't sure if I was moving back to Utah, but ultimately I made the decision to do so. I could have stayed in West Texas, man. Could have done it. But I didn't because West Texas is ugly and Utah is beautiful. To a degree.
1: Yeah. Well, we're gonna get to that here. Yeah, well you and I have both kind of experienced the kind of the the psychology of being outside of Utah and, and turning Utah into this like the grand destination that if you get there, your life's just, everything's going to come together for you. And then you get there and then you realize that you, you know, life is still life and it's still difficult. <laughs> so,
0: I think you mean psychosis, right?
1: Yeah. That, that's another way to put it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And how everybody's actually psychotic and no one actually wants to be happy. Anyway, could go on that rant for hours and nobody wants to hear that. But, um, on that note, there was big news today that kind of came out that broke. Like they knew census data for the past decade, I guess. I don't know if it's new, but it seemed new because it was making the rounds. And for the last decade from 2010 to 2020, fastest growing state in the country was Utah with 18.4% growth, which that's crazy. One fifth. That's, that's nuts, man. Um, with the bis- biggest decline being West Virginia with minus 3.2, um, but which is also kind of surprising. You would have thought, I guess, in the last few years it'd probably be California, but not necessarily the last decade. Anyway, the overall sentiment was that people in Utah don't want newcomers, and I couldn't agree more. And the the reason for this podcast is to talk about that, to, like, here's the thing. I know this isn't necessarily a podcast for people outside of the state of Utah, but I'm going to let everybody know why they shouldn't come to Utah. And I'm going to talk specifically about things in Utah that may seem attractive, but really aren't. They're red herrings. And, you know, a lot of people come to Utah to take their Instagram pictures of awesome hikes because there's really, they, they think there's a lot of cool hikes that are close by. But here's the thing they don't know is that hiking is stupid it's hard all you're doing is walking uphill who likes walking uphill nobody likes walking uphill and the views that you're trying to go find are just basically smog filled opaque uh, views of cities and houses so there's nothing cool about that right i mean that nobody wants to see that am i wrong
1: well, you're not wrong, and that brings me to the next reason uh, not to live in Utah, and that's that there there's too many national parks. I mean, in most states you have one national park, maybe two, and in Utah you've got five, and I, I feel like that's just too many to pick from. I don't even I don't even know which national park I would go to if I if I had to choose to go to one in Utah. And then when you get yeah. to them, you you have all these foreigners and tour buses and all these rules that you. Things you can't do in a national park, and it costs like forty bucks to get in. I mean, why would? It's you too want... many Instagram pictures. No, yeah, exactly. Why would you want that, that in your life?
0: No, no idea, no idea. Like you, yeah. It's 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 better to just be in a state that maybe gives you a national park, so that way you don't ever have to decide which national park to go to. It's you're always better off with limited options in that regard. I agree. Um, another thing that I have on my list of why people shouldn't come to Utah is snow is cold. I don't know if they know this, especially people from California coming to Utah. Snow is really cold. Um, It's snowed today and it's late April. And guess what? That's not even that late for Utah standards. So I don't know if they're ready for this. It snows, snows here, weird times, late times, and it's April. Like you're not expecting that. I mean, California, the weather's like, what is it's already in the 70s right now right and it's fine it's beautiful why don't they just stay there in that weather it sounds great to me stay there it's too cold out here for them snow snow exists here
1: yeah just ask the guy on cool runnings when they went to calgary and he was really fixated on the fact that there was ice 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 yeah
0: that's what (laughs) snow is snow is just Ice that you can mold into different shapes. That's it. And here's the thing. People don't throw snowballs anymore. It's not like it used to be. You used to be able to throw a snowball and not get sued or go to prison for it. But now both are very much on the table whenever you throw a snowball. So don't do it. It's not worth it. So you don't even get that out of snow. All you have to do is shovel it, and that sucks.
1: Well, all I can tell you is last time someone threw a snowball in my vicinity, it was my friend throwing one at a car full of Olympus high school football players. And that ended in a uh, severe accident, which involved uh, my car getting totaled and his car going through a fence into someone's backyard. And then my dad showing up to the scene of the accident and humiliating me in front of all 40 spectators that had showed up by then. So yeah, snowballs are bad.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that never would have happened had there never been snow in Utah. You would have never acted out as an idiotic high schooler with idiotic friends and done stupid things to rival high schools in order to rile them up. If the snow didn't exist, you probably would have been a stand-up student and great kid, right?
1: Well, yeah, and speaking of (laughs) car accidents, the next reason not to live in Utah, we have the highest speed limits in the country. I-15 with the 80-mile-per-hour speed limits, which really means you can go 85. I mean, who would want to put themselves at that kind of risk? You're going that fast something bad could happen and it just increases your odds of having a really morbid death why would you, you would know about morbid death oh exactly
0: See yeah so all the time tell, tell us what an accident what the end result of an accident looks like when you're colliding with another vehicle at 85 miles an hour what does that look like doc
1: it doesn't look good I don't I don't want to I don't want to turn away the viewers with morbid descriptions of body parts ending up in places they don't belong but it's not a pretty sight.
0: Oh, well, okay, fine. Way to be milk toast, dude. Anyway,
1: um another thing about
0: Utah, there's so many Mormons, dude. There's so many Mormons. I don't know if they know that. And furthermore, did they know I don't know if they know Mormons have horns. Like that's that's a real thing and We, I mean, obviously, we use those horns for for bad, for evil, for no good. We like to, we love to headbutt people, but our hair generally covers them. So they don't know we have horns, but when we hit them, they feel it and it hurts. So they should know that before they come to this state. And if they know that, they probably won't want to come here because Mormons do have horns. And that's, that's obviously problematic if you ever get in a confrontation with a Mormon. I mean, is that, is that totally off base? I think that's a fair warning for them, right?
1: Well, I did hear that the, uh, the witch on Sleeping Beauty, she's a Mormon. And she has horns, so makes sense. Yeah, I heard that too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, and speaking of Mormons, I overheard someone at work one time. They, I don't think they knew I was Mormon, but I overheard someone at work say that Mormons don't invite you to their barbecues. Apparently, this uh, this nurse had lived in Arizona where there's a lot of Mormons, and – she didn't get invited to any barbecues because of the Mormons. So why would you want to live somewhere where people don't invite you to their barbecues?
0: Oh, yeah, she's not wrong. I mean, why why would – I mean, as a Mormon myself, why would I want anybody who's not a Mormon at my barbecue? That doesn't make sense to me. Why would they want to be at my barbecue? That doesn't make sense to me. So, yeah, she's 100% right. I've literally, I've literally never been to a bar – I've never been to a gathering that didn't – that had – non-mormons there i've only been to places with large gatherings that where everybody was mormon it just makes sense to me i don't i don't get why she'd have an issue with that and so you know extending that further there's no reason for more people to come to utah because all we do is just gather together among ourselves so so yeah they're better off just not coming
1: i think that's a fair statement And well, along those same lines, you know, in Utah, we have holidays like Pioneer Day, where we honor our ancestors and all the sacrifices they made to come across the plains and die by the thousands, only to arrive in this desolate place that didn't have fertile soil or any real reasonable way to survive with the technology of the day. And, you know, we have this holiday called Pioneer Day to celebrate it. And no, there definitely isn't some pathetic spin off of that day called Pie and Beer Day that non Mormons use to to make fun of our ancestors and all the sacrifices they made to create a home for them. No, we definitely don't have a pie and beer day. That's not a thing here in Utah. No, yeah. So, no,
0: you're just making that up to be hypothetical because that's just way too creative and, and really funny. So not yeah, not a thing. And who I mean who like honoring pioneers, that's just it's not for everybody. So you shouldn't move to Utah if you don't want to honor pioneers. So great point. Um, another note, our governor, our newly elected governor this year, he cries kind of a lot, like an embarrassing amount. And by that, I mean, I saw him cry one time and he's only been elected for like three months and that's kind of a lot. So yeah, I don't even know what he was crying about, but he was crying, and it was on live television, and that's our governor. So you probably don't want to be a part of a state where your governor cries. I don't know. That just seems off to me, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know.
1: Well, I don't believe men are supposed to cry, and if you do cry, yeah. you're not a man.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's uh, that's pretty salient opinion across the board here in Utah. So yeah, that, that makes, yeah. makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, if you're a man and you cry, we're going to tell you to get the hell out of here.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Another thing, Utah is kind of known for its beautiful women. Now, I know on its face that that sounds like something that you might be appealed by. Like, you might think like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't I want to move to Utah? There's beautiful women here or just beautiful people in general, if I may say so myself, which isn't the case. But anyway, um, yeah, there are beautiful women here. They're not wrong about that. I'm not going to I'm not going to come up with some sarcastic way of saying that there aren't actually beautiful women here. But here's the problem. All the beautiful women that are here in Utah know they're beautiful. And do you know what's worse than dealing with a beautiful woman who knows she's beautiful, Chase?
1: Well, I, I can tell you this much. Nothing. I'm
0: that... going to cut you off right now. Nothing is worse than dealing with a beautiful woman who knows she's beautiful. That's all.
1: Well, and I, I, I can attest to this. I, I would say in Utah, and this might come across as as rude for me to say, but I would say that there's about a two point inflation with women in Utah. And what I mean by that is if, you know, if we're going to get superficial here and just strictly look at physical beauty, if you were to do something as misogynistic as rate them on a scale from one to 10 in that regard, I would say that. You wouldn't dare. I mean, who would? I I know it's 2021. This kind of thing can get you canceled, but. (laughs) Um, I would say that on average, a, uh, a, a woman in Utah who you might consider a seven is going to act the way a woman in another state, what might act if she was a nine and you're going to see that, you know, across the board. And, uh, so yeah, don't come here if you want to two point, if you don't want to deal with a two point inflation of how women act compared to what they look like.
0: I will say this, actually, this is the most, now I'm going to totally play my hand here. Um, this is the most serious you'll hear me get in this podcast. I actually do have a theory in that regard. And this is something I noticed directly while I was down at BYU when I was a student there. Um, you saw uh, that that theory that you have of this whole rating I don't know. The rating system is completely foreign to me. I don't have any clue what you're talking about. But anyway, um, <laughs> the whole idea of a, a girl feeling like she's two points higher than she really is or acting that way. You really did see that firsthand especially down at BYU because you, what you had was a lot of guys that were from like smaller towns or smaller pockets around the country and they were members of the church and they were used to kind of dating other members of the church and they may have not really grown up with a lot of different girls to date around with or whatever and just not really exposed to high variety then they'd come to Utah and then they were just inundated with them just like a lot of a lot of cute girls or whatever that you know are above average looking at the least but treat them like they're the hottest thing that they've ever seen. And then these girls start to believe it. And then they start acting like that. And then you're just like, wow, this this is certainly a phenomenon. But anyway, that's – so I get where you're coming from there. With that said, the whole point scale system is completely lost on me. I have not at all <laughs> could relate to that idea. Well,
1: the the TLDR here is, a, is that if you're a man in Utah, then don't expect – to wear the pants the same way you might wear them elsewhere. I guess that's a, that's the gist of what I'm getting to here.
0: Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the gist of my list. What, a didn't mean to rhyme there, but what, uh, what, a, what do you, what else you got on yours? Why people shouldn't well, move to Utah.
1: According to social media, we have the worst drivers in the world here. I mean, even though the, the whole concept of crossing a artificial boundary somewhere in the middle of the desert and suddenly the drivers are going to be better or worse across that imaginary boundary, regardless of how illogical that is, we simply have the worst drivers here. And if you want to argue with that, then you're an idiot because that's what I see on the internet. And nobody well, everybody knows
0: – Everybody knows Californians are the only ones that really know how to drive. And so that's one more reason. Like, I don't know why they'd want to move here just to prove to us they can all drive. We already know that they're better drivers than us. So just stay better drivers than us, but in California.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And that that's kind of, that wraps up my list as well. Uh, I hope that we have uh, uh, lessened the the influx of Californians into Utah by stating these very well, there's reasons. no question.
0: Yeah, this podcast is huge in um in uh, places like California, so there's no question that it's going to have an impact. Um, I have no doubt about that. But and you know, and for anybody listening, if you have people that are considering moving to Utah, just share with them with this, share them with this episode, and and they'll know that they'll know just from there that they they they're making a really really bad decision, and they shouldn't come to Utah. So good, you know, we'll just leave it at that. We'll forgive you for having the thought. Um, but if you have it again, we'll kill you.
1: So yeah, take that, take that $1.5 million you got from selling your 2000 square foot house in California and take it right past Utah to Colorado. I can tell you Colorado. Oh yeah. They'll love you in Colorado. Yeah, absolutely.
0: They'll love you. Yeah. Good. Great point.
1: Um, all the, all the marijuana you can smoke. That's right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Um, yeah, so Let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. Oh, actually, sorry. One last thing. One more reason not to move to Utah. Jimmy Rex. Anyway, so moving on. <laughs> um, actually, sorry. You know what? I, that's not true. I actually, Jimbo, you're a nice guy. You're probably a good guy. I don't really know you, but you're a freaking, you're a good dude, I'm sure. So I don't mean that. Anyway, um, there was a big picture that circulated on the internet last Thursday, Friday, um, I believe, from a unfortunate BYU football player, who's, should we say his name? I mean, it doesn't really matter that people can find it if they want to, but let's not say his name. <laughs> but He's um, number 10. <laughs> okay, there you go. If you want to find it, which I actually tried Googling the picture and it's hard to find. So that's interesting. They're doing a good job cleaning that one up. Anyway, BYU Marketing came out with a picture promoting BYU football. I think it might have been a new uniform or something. I don't know. Of uh, this player and it showed the whole package uh pun intended if you will and it was if for the uninitiated football pants are very tight and if you're not wearing a cup um or a lot of garment for that matter underneath then certain things may be exposed and this certainly did get exposed, and in full detail as well. Needless to say, our boy is circumcised, so good for him, I guess. And that one made the rounds on Twitter, and it kind of blew up. And I think the guy himself even took it down off his social media. BYU took it off their social media. No statement has been released as far as I know, but that uh, that certainly made the waves and blew up for a little bit there. What would you think about that?
1: Well, I mean, I haven't, um, I haven't, I haven't zoomed in quite to the detail that you have to apparently know that he's circumcised. But uh, I didn't
0: zoom in at all. It's very apparent.
1: <laughs> no, but that, yeah, it's uh it's pretty, a pretty big faux pas on BYU's end. Uh, I mean, it's not uncommon when, a, when you see a guy wearing tight baseball or football pants that there's going to be some degree of a bulge down in that region, representing the genitalia. Um, but typically you don't see it in this degree of detail and, uh, it's, uh, definitely, uh, definitely an interesting, diff- interesting situation there. Um, I, I, de- I, I saw some mention of it on Cougar board, but El Jefe, the, the, the leader of Cougar board, he had done a real good job of, uh, silencing the description of what that picture was. I just knew that there was some sort of photo gate going on <laughs> and, uh, and it turned out. You're not out, calling it penis uh, gate
0: yet? BYU he, penis
1: yeah. gate? penis gate well this is t- penis gate 2.0 because penis gate 1.0 was the time that cosmos tail in a very unfortunate way <laughs> flipped 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 between his legs and then emerged on the front side between his legs in such a way that it was captured in a photograph depicting cosmo looking a little bit too excited we should
0: probably change the subject quickly here before uh, my niece and nephew, my little niece and nephew, feel compelled to turn this off or are told to not listen anymore. So, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it just—needless to say, it was an unfortunate occurrence. How it like made it through all the checkpoints is a little bit beyond me. It was so obvious, but um, that that definitely blew up, and he, and people were out there on Twitter saying like. Don't criticize the guy, like don't don't give him crap. And it's kind of like, well, I'm not sure. Like at the same time, if I were the guy whose picture, like if it were my picture, granted, if I were in college, I probably wouldn't react this way. But I am at the point now where it's like, you know what? If that was me and it made the rounds, I'd be like, whatever. The internet is forever, and I'm just gonna own it at this point. I would maybe even consider making it my profile picture. Okay, I probably wouldn't go that far, but. (laughs) There is something about just embracing it, not taking it down and just being like, that guy's whatever. It wasn't me. This is B.O.E. marketing. Like, whatever. And there it is. There it is in all its glory.
1: It is kind of validation of the famous Morgan Freeman quote from Shawshank Redemption. Obviously not quite the same, but along the same lines where he said, how often do you really look at a man's shoes? How often do you really (laughs) look at a man's junk, you know? and uh, apparently Fair BYU enough. doesn't uh vet that very well because uh well we saw what happened.
0: Yeah, clearly nobody at BYU does and that's I guess that's okay. Um
1: uh one minor uh bit of news uh out of BYU is um Colby Lee is going on to uh Dixie State. Uh I know he was one of your favorite players at one time and uh you know, unfortunately the depth that BYU has that his position just wasn't allowing him to get the playing time he was going to get. And now with new recruits coming in, it just probably wasn't in the cards for him to really see the floor much moving forward. Um, but he's going to play for Dixie state, which who knows how long they hold on to that name, because I think they're on the chopping block for cancellation pretty soon here. So, uh, he'll have to, you know, change his uniform probably pretty soon to, you know, some generic, uh, Polit- politically correct university of Southern Utah or something along those lines. But
0: So good point. I, um, as most people know that Colby Lee was somebody that I believed in two years ago, he was my guy. Um, I was, uh, I was a big fan of Colby Lee um, because I just thought he was a workhorse. Two years ago I bought Colby Lee's stock. I've said this before. It was probably at like $250 a share. I went all in on that guy. And it got up to about $750 at one point when he peaked. But then last year it really kind of leveled off, probably around $4. And now I've lost everything because he's transferring and it's gone. <laughs> his stock is now worth zero and he's going to Dixie. I saw his release. And my brother actually was texting me about this. He he sent out a release talking about like, or no, he's I think it was quoted in an article about his transfer and he was still deciding he's like i know wisconsin wants me but you know i just don't think i'd probably play a lot there either just be a bench guy and it's just like it was kind of weird how he said it because he's kind of making sure that everybody knew that he was a sought after guy but not really um not necessarily in the way that he wanted to be sought out So he was having a hard time balancing that, which I guess I get. So ultimately, Colby Lee just wants to start. He wants to start, and that's why he's going to Dixie State, and he'll start at Dixie State. So
1: good for him. Like, out of boy. Wisconsin was going to start him, and then they saw him run, and they're like, eh, never (laughs) mind. (laughs) He (laughs) is (laughs) – every part of his body is working so hard
0: when he's running. He's one of those that, like, he bobs his head so much up and down when he's running really hard and he's still just not ultimately going that fast, unfortunately, but
1: (laughs) so much, so much wasted motion and and all the, it's like his body's fighting against itself, just trying to trying to move down the floor. I saw a tweet today showing the Oscars viewership over the last uh, seven or eight years. And so back in 2014, there were 43.7 million viewers of the Oscars. Take a guess how many there were last night.
0: Wait, sorry. Last year you said seven point. How many? So so
1: so so in twenty fourteen, so seven years ago, there oh, were forty three. Yeah, there were forty three point seven million. And then last year in twenty twenty, there were twenty three point six million. Guess Basically how many it got there cut were, in half
0: in six years?
1: Yeah. So guess how many there were last night.
0: Well, since you're having me guess, I'm obviously going to guess, like super low because that's the point of you having me guess but normally normally I wouldn't think it would have changed that much but I don't know they set my own sentiment so here's another thing too I will guess here in a second but the stat that's going around is that like I think it's like two-thirds of Americans haven't seen a single movie uh, that got nominated this year which is very telling about how the Hollywood elites kind of view themselves in in the context of the country and society in general. I would guess going off like you said twenty three million last year, is that right? Yep. Let's let's guess like fifteen. Fifteen million?
1: It's a good guess, and that would be pathetic, but it was actually nine point eight million.
0: No way.
1: That that's so less people, than half. Yeah, people are that tired of being lectured by these jackasses about how to live their lives, what they ha- what they're allowed to think, what they're not allowed to think, what politics they have to have. People are sick and tired of it. And uh 9.8 million down from 43.7 just 7 years ago. That to me is insane. Now you could attribute some of that to COVID and there being less movies coming out this year, but I feel like people Regardless of how many movies come out in a given year, people are generally going to watch the Oscars if more for their worship of the celebrities that are involved in all the speeches they're going to give more so than it is about the movies themselves. And so the fact that we're going down this quickly really shows that celebrities are kind of losing their power and their influence in America, which in amidst all the crap we're seeing in modern society there is some hope that maybe people are wising up a little bit so something that's a, that's
0: interesting that's a positive
1: yeah i mean so
0: i'm not like i actually talked about this last week with casey and john on the podcast in terms of viewership and how much politics plays into that in general because the nba's ratings have tanks like things like that and people are like readily just looking to attribute it to politics and i'm not necessarily willing to say no question i mean there's a lot of variables in it politics is definitely one of them i just don't know how strong of a variable it is in terms of affecting viewership but i'm sure it plays a role in the oscars i actually think covid somehow but somehow plays a bigger role in that too because i mean the movie theaters were shut down for a large part of the year and it wasn't a priority for people. Like even when they were open, I don't think people were really going to movies a whole lot because there's a whole fear thing of just being indoors and being with a large group of people having to wear your mask during the movie the whole time. I mean, I, myself, I think went to like three movies last year. That's probably a little low, maybe around five. I'm not sure, but I really can only name off the top of my head three times when I was in a movie theater um, last year. And one of those was before the lockdowns. Um, so I. I don't know how much of it is politics versus something like COVID. I think the reason why it would have gone down to more than half, below half of what it was last year. So you are looking at 23 to nine point, whatever, which is nuts. Um, I think there's a possibility that COVID is a bigger factor there than just politics. Granted, politics definitely played a role. Don't know to how much though.
1: No, that's fair enough. And you could also say that, I would make an argument that movie, the movie industry is kind of running out of ideas, or at least they're not, they're not using, you know, their creativity to their best ability to put quality content out there anymore. And, uh, you know, I also would say they've
0: gotten so esoteric with the way they tell stories now. And you're just like, this is, it's very dismissive of the plight of the normal person, you know, like the average everyday person. Like, I mean, when you're making movies, I think it all came to a head when they were talking about that, like when they showed that movie, that woman that basically had sex with a fish, a fish man or whatever, Shape of Water or whatever the movie that was, and it won Best Picture. And you're sitting there thinking like, how is this relatable? And I know that they was trying to make an overall commentary about like love, marriage, relationships, and it was probably some, I don't know, it was probably some commentary on how love should just be widely accepted to any degree or whatever. I don't even really know, but. When you make movies like that people are just kind of like what like why am I why am I paying and why am I taking time to see a movie like this it just is not relatable in any sense so they're either wildly non-creative by just inundating us with Mar- Marvel movies or <laughs> and, and a bunch of sequels or they're making something so abstract you can't even relate to it there's really doesn't seem to any be, be any in between and I'm glad you're bringing this up because I actually will have a buddy who is a huge movie and Oscars junkie. He watches it every year. He's a professor at Alabama and I'll have him on the podcast later this week, but um, it's, and we'll talk more about this, but I don't know. That's kind of my takeaway.
1: Well, I also feel like they're not really allowed to make movies for the sake of the art anymore. I feel like every movie has to have some sort of political message or agenda or, you know, they, and not that there's anything wrong with having diversity in your cast, but I feel like when that's the end goal, like when you're casting a movie and you say, okay, we got to find, you know, this demographic and this demographic, and it has to be, it has to look like a college brochure where we're trying to demonstrate our diversity. It, it, it becomes like, it's so in your face that that's all you see when you watch the movie. You just see, okay, well, they, they got their diverse cast. They got one of every little thing. And, uh, and, and then you can, you know, you, you can, these movies, these days you watch a movie and it's like, they, the only person who's allowed to be a villain anymore in a movie is the white male. <laughs> like, I don't know if you ever watched, uh, what was that one that came out on Netflix? Oh, Bird Box, like the one that was basically a knockoff of, uh, of uh, A Quiet Place. A, a, a Quiet Place. Yeah. But they did it. With was it really called Bird and, Box? Was that what it was called? Was it Bird Box? Yeah. I, th- I, th- I, th- I uh, thought that's what it was called. Well what did you think it was right, called? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is a so, bird box. Bir- bir- that
0: sounds so weird looking back at a bird box. What the hell is a bird box? No, anyway, sorry. Right. So
1: so if you go back and watch that one, the only I never so, saw that all, one by the way. Yeah, all, all of the good guys in that movie were the non-white males and all of the bad guys in that movie were the white males. It was so blatant. Like not that like I, I don't, I'm not like, oh, the white guys are on my team cuz I'm a white male. But when it's so blatant and in-your-face and obvious like that, it's like, okay, I, I get it. You guys don't like white males. Like, okay, let's move on.
0: Did you see any that were – I mean, had did you see any of the movies that were listed as Best Picture nominees?
1: I'll be honest. I didn't even pay t- – I don't even know what movies were on the Best Picture nominees this year. I paid zero attention to any of it. So, um, yeah, so I wouldn't be a good resource there.
0: Yeah, I didn't actually see any either, but um, uh, the one that did actually look interesting to me, as I mean, I'm a I'm a sucker for kind of true stories, so the Judas, um, Judas and the Black Messiah looked really interesting to me. Uh, did you see anything about that one?
1: Nope.
0: So from what I can tell, and I saw the trailer, like the trailer looked. Crazy intense, but um, the it was about kind of this it, part of the Black Panther movement, and I don't know the actual characters' names because they were um, they were real people, and one of them was leading kind of a, a chapter of the Black Panthers in some city I can't even remember, and his uh, one of his like trusted confidants, like one of his higher ups with him alongside with him uh got busted uh by the fbi for i think he was impersonating a cop and he cut a deal with the fbi because the fbi came to him and they're like we want we want to uh, nab your leader and um you're gonna help us or else we're gonna you know put you in prison and so he made a deal with them and i i haven't seen the movie I'm not sure I will. I I would imagine it's kind of takes the angle of how, I mean, it's called Judas and the black Messiah. So I would imagine that this main black Panthers character becomes a pariah. And the, the, the friend that cuts a deal with the FBI is the Judas character and he's betrays him. And he's the one that's looked down upon. And then the FBI, the white guys involved are all definitely the bad guys as well. It looked interesting to me because it was true. Granted, even though it's a true story, like it still has a Hollywood spin, so you don't really know which, which details are true and whatnot, and the whole sentiment and everything, but it looked interesting nonetheless. It was a really good trailer, I thought.
1: Well, I agree with you that true stories are the most interesting stories. I I think we've talked about this in the past, uh, talking about like fiction books and how I, I think it's far more interesting to hear a real story that happened than climb inside some other person's imagination, and indulge in that i and um actually it, then i'm surprised to no, know that uh, this that no one's made this a major production yet but i read a book this year uh about uh, a guy named ernest shackleton who was an explorer in world war 1 and his story about going to antarctica and then having a shipwreck and their survival story is by far the craziest story i've ever read in my life For, even crazier than any fictional story i've ever read and Christopher Nolan or one of these big time, uh, people need, they need to make a movie out of this guy because it would be the best movie I've ever seen if they did a good job with it.
0: Um, is Shackleton white?
1: Uh, he was a white guy, so that might be a hard movie to make because, uh, yeah, I
0: don't know. Yeah. Good luck making that these days. Yeah. Um, might
1: need to make it, they might need to make him a woman. Then it would work.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what though. Leo could play that guy. It sounds like. Thank oh yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. He did get um, really close I actually, for the
1: Revenant.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. I've, I have I know about that story. I haven't taken the time to read or listen to it, but it does sound pretty dang good. Like this Shackleton guy sounds like a pretty amazing dude. But um, yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I mean, Christopher Nolan made Tenet this year. A lot of that was over my head. I'll be honest. I'm like, I, I could either A, watch Tenet 12 more times to try and glean something from it. Or just watch it again and just cut my losses, and I chose to do the latter because I just was like, I, I don't have time. And it like as interesting as it was at some points, I thought it was Nolan going full Nolan on us that made it kind of unbearable in some ways. I'm like, this is this is just too much. There's too many layers to this. Like Inception was already kind of pushing it in that degree, but I think I got some of it to a, a enough of a degree that I was kind of like, okay, I understand the concept enough to not really appreciate it. I can actually appreciate. I can appreciate the concept. I don't particularly like the direction he took Inception. And so that's why I'm not the biggest fan of Inception. But Nolan, I will always watch a movie from Christopher Nolan. Like he's he is in that pantheon for me. It's like Christopher Nolan and Taylor Sheridan will always have my devotion. Um yeah, I felt- when it comes to anything they create, I'm in. I'm in. They have not lost me and they and who knows what it will take to actually lose me for those two, but
1: Yeah, Tenet felt like the whole movie, the whole time you're watching, you're like, I this looks like something and it sounds like something I'm supposed to really like. But at the end of the day, it just, you're not like, Oh, I want to watch that again. It's just like, yeah, it had all the components, like all the, the right sound effects and the right music and the cinematography and all that to, to make a great movie. But it just, something about it just didn't quite come together, but that's okay. Not, no one's going to bat 1000.
0: Oh no, for sure. And like, that's the thing, like even on movies that, are still ones that you're like, maybe I won't take the time to watch that again from Christopher Nolan. You're still kinda like there are as there are always aspects of it where you're like, that was good. I mean, even for Tenet, um, the the visual effects were so creative and um very stimulating where you're kinda like, that's really cool. Like I still was able to appreciate a lot of the time that I spent watching that movie. It's just the storyline itself. I'm like, this is a bit much, you know? But anyway.
1: Yeah kind of forces your brain into hyperdrive actually if you really want to watch a movie that does that to your brain where your your brain's like twisting itself and knots it's trying to understand what's going on it's a it's actually a really uh it's it's not a well-known movie but it was it was it's uh in like among the sci-fi nerds on the internet it's it's a very popular one it's called primer i think it was made in 2004 and it's a super low budget movie but it's about time travel and that one uh, that's a mind f so I recommend that really? one if you ever want to, yeah, that, that, I'll throw that. I'm I may one have to check that out. Yeah,
0: I do like, I do like time travel movies. I'm a big, I'm actually a big sci-fi guy. Like, I draw. Like I've said this before, I'm not a fantasy guy. That's where I can't, I can't do that. If the movie, and I think I've even said this on the podcast before, I call it the dragon line. If, if the story has dragons in it, I'm out. I just can't take it. Sci-fi for me though is. It's an extension from truth. Like it's really basically, it's just it's a way of hypothesizing reality, and I love it. I think it's very interesting to me. So, anyway, what else you got, Chase? Is that it? Should we wrap it up? Should we call it?
1: I think that's about it for me. Yeah, we'll we'll save the rest for another day. Yeah, because there's
0: always something we can gripe about. Anyway, everybody, the big takeaway you should like you should have in your mind is don't move to Utah. It just ain't worth it. It's so. It's so terrible out here, like fall, like the leaves changing and the crisp autumn air that is just, you know, makes you feel nauseous in late September and October. And like does becomes the perfect representation of how Halloween should be celebrated. It's really just not worth it, guys. I'm telling you, like it's just the fact that the seasons are so distinct in Utah and that you can really feel all four seasons profoundly throughout the year. You'll hate it. It'll make you sick. Just stick to California, where it's like never really changes between 50 and 88 degrees. Just just do your thing, California, by being California.
1: Just get on I-15 and come right through Utah and keep going to Idaho. That's what
0: I yeah, they'll love you in Idaho. They're super accepting up in Idaho. <laughs> <Especially> <laughs> All right, Jason, with Brooksburg. that, we'll wrap it up. That's right, especially in Pittsburgh. Okay, thank you, sir. Much appreciated.
1: All right, see ya.